This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Thank you for being here today and tonight. We're going to continue our series um, uh, with the Ten Commandments. And I began to study the first commandment, and then I didn't, but it sounds like a herd of cattle going up those steps, doesn't it? I thought the, I thought the Lord was about to speak through thunderings and lightning. Um, so, um, and I began to do some study. And um, we're going to get into some more preliminary things about the Ten Commandments that I think that we need to need to hear tonight. Um, everybody say amen. Um, this series is called The Revelations from the Throne. And uh, we talked about how um, through the book of Revelation and Isaiah and um, Exodus and I think there's a couple of the scriptures there, Jeremiah, I believe. But every time the Lord spoke, um, and in reference to the throne, there was a lot of noise that happens. And things change when God speaks from his throne or the position of his throne. And um, uh, something has to be, something will move, something will change. And so we're calling this from uh, revelations from the throne. Um, Let's go to uh, Psalms chapter number 1, and um, we're going to read a verse of Scripture here, and we're going to read the whole chapter. Somebody say the whole chapter. It's only six verses. Y'all just take it easy. Only six verses, but it's very powerful. Um, if you've ever studied these six verses, um, if you haven't, you need to do so, um, and let the Lord speak to you. I pray that you read the Word of God with a uh, repentant heart so you may receive what the Lord is trying to tell you. And uh, verse number uh, 1, Psalms chapter number 1, says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. This is, this is male or female here, man, mankind. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Um, verse number two, but his delight is in the what? The law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate on day and night. Um, how many of us delight in the law of God and meditate it on a day and night? Um Day and night, the priest would write the laws in their garments, so they were reminded of the laws of God. Let's read on. Uh, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, who are we talking about here? We're talking about the people who delight in the laws of God. Okay, it's very important. Many people will say, well, I'm just blessed. And, but you really, in order to be delighted in the law of God, you have to love the law. 
and you have to adhere to the law in order to receive uh, to, or to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. How many want to prosper? Amen. How many want to be like a tree planted next to the river? Well, delight in the law of God. Somebody say amen. The ungodly are not so. The people that do not love the law of the God, law of God, but are like the chaff which is the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. In other words, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love his laws. Love his commandments. Love his principles. Do not reject any principle when it comes to the things of God. Uh, many people, and I, at some, at some point in my ministry, I'm going to have to go back to all the people that I taught as a young man, and when I first started preaching, and apologize to everybody. Because I don't know, it, it's Brother Mike, Elder Hayward, you guys probably may know, but when I taught as a young man, I understood as a young man. And I don't. I still consider myself a young man, but if I knew then what I know now about the scripture, I would have taught a little different. Um, but God is growing in me, right? And we all are growing in the Lord. And and um, what what I see in scripture now, this chapter here is so profound in a lot of different ways. And we may go into the seats of the what this is talking about and the chairs. Um, of, of, of what, I, um, uh, what Psalms of David is talking about here, uh, about walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the seat in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Let me talk about those things. Um, those are seasons in life, um, where you are, um, and in different seasons, you're, um, you know, he's very careful not to take counsel from the wrong people. Um, and nor standeth in the way of, of sinners, do not uh, uh, be an affront to them, or sit in the seat of the scornful where you are scorning everybody. And there's a lot to that scripture. But it's important for us to delight in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And that's one of the reasons why we're going through the study of the Ten Commandments and looking at the laws of God and what they're established. And um, uh, it's because we need to learn to delight in the laws of God. And delight in them is to study them and to know them and to love them. Um, as, as when you first come to the Lord, um, sometimes laws don't make sense. Why do they do what they do? Why do they act the way they act? Why do they perhaps even dress the way they dress? Or why do they live a life like they do? And, it's, and uh, with a smile on somebody's face, they say, because I, I love the Lord God and I want to be pleasing unto Him. That is the attitude that we need to have when it comes to the laws of God, is to say it with a happy face that we love God and we want to be pleasing and we want to bring glory unto Him. Somebody say amen. So we need to learn to delight with a smile on our face, delight in the laws of God, not to be ashamed of the laws of God. Not to be ashamed to say, I live for God, 
And I'm not ashamed that I, 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 I believe that you shouldn't lie, that you shouldn't cheat, that you shouldn't bear false witness, that you shouldn't uh, defile the Sabbath, you shouldn't uh, do all these, you shouldn't murder, right? We should delight in understanding what these are, but tonight I want to kind of bring us into context the, the beautiful delighting in the law of God and how it was really uh, given for uh, a prophetic uh, utterance, if you will. And we're going to go to Acts chapter number 1 and 2. Somebody say Pentecost. How many delight in Pentecost? How many love the Lord sweeping over your spirit, getting refilled with the Holy Ghost, getting recharged by the power of God, walk out of here with a, with a smile on our face, walking out of here empowered by the presence of God? Um, the Word of God teaches us that the, 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 when God speaks through us, it edifies us. It, it, it builds us faith so we can go forth and tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I really believe that many times that the reason why people are afraid to share the gospel is because they haven't been with God. Amen. When somebody is not ashamed, it's usually because they have been walking with the Lord. And the Bible teaches us that his love casteth out all fear. So if you've been walking with God and you've been talking with God and God's been infilling you with his presence and he has given you the words to say, we can walk and speak without fear. Amen. I don't want uh, uh, us to have fear when it comes to the presence, the presence of God or talking to someone about the Lord. And I had you all turn. I better turn to Acts now. And uh, let's look at a couple scriptures here. And, um, and yes, we are going to get to Exodus 20 again, so just bear with me, okay? Um, the Bible teaches us, I want somebody to read uh, Acts 1, verses 4 through 8. Let's just get right where the brass tacks is and just jump right to it. Get a volunteer to read Acts 1, 4 through 8 for the mic. Okay, hang on a second. I'm going to be like one of those preachers that just stop you. Then I'll say read and you can keep on going. But let's, let's just pause for a second. This is absolutely incredible. They, somebody say they were assembled together. I want you to think about these words now. I got my glasses off. You all look fuzzy. I don't look at anybody's eyeballs. Everybody's eyes are kind of joined together right now. <laughs> is that Shay laughing? Shay just burst out laughing, I tell you. Yeah. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from God led them somewhere, right? And told them to do what? Wait there. Okay? Told them to wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye have heard of, uh, saith he, ye have heard of me. Read on. Uttermost part of the earth. There's so much packed in there. I, now, I, I, here's, we're going to do a transition here. I want you to think about the children of Israel leaving Egypt when we read these scriptures. Okay? I want you to think about that story. I want you to think about that, and we'll kind of do some parallels here in just, just a moment. The Bible says that the children of Israel went to Mount Sinai. They were assembled together. Wait here. i got to go talk to the Lord. Moses was, went to Mount Sinai up into an 
upper place, got a word from the Lord, and come down off that mountain and share the word from the Lord. And, um, and we, we see a little some parallels here through the scripture. When they, verse number six, and when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? What was the Lord trying to do to the children of Israel when at Mount Sinai? He was restoring some things. Somebody say, he's a restorer. He was bringing them to the place of understanding or to the place on how to live, how to be led, how to be uh, endued, with, if, you, if you will, for just understand this, maybe in this way, endued with power. That they, if they loved what I'm going to give you, you can be like a tree by the river. If, 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 if you was doing to love these laws that I'm going to give to Moses and Moses is going to give to you, if you'll love these things, then you will prosper. You will have dominion. The Bible says I'm going to give you lands and buildings that you did not build, places that you did not buy. The Bible says in verse number 8, but ye shall receive power if the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses in both in Jerusalem, which is your local place, in Judea, which is your surrounding area, and to Samaria, which is the countryside, if you will, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, wherever you go, my power is going to be with you. And what the Lord was telling the children of Israel at Mount Sinai, if you learn to love my laws, and if you learn to love my commandments, wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever is coming against your way or coming against you, you will be my people and I will be your God. But if you do not love the laws of God and you do not live by the laws of God, then you are a castaway. Castaway. Now, Let's read on just a little bit in the book of Acts. Verse chapter number 2. If I can get a, uh, a reader here. Acts chapter number 2, verses 1 through 4. Somebody would volunteer to read that. Sister Ruth, go ahead. Somebody say a Holy Ghost miracle. What was this day? This day was the day of? Was this the first day of Pentecost? Huh? Is this the first Pentecost in Scripture? Is this the first time that they celebrated Pentecost? No. This was the first time that the Holy Ghost was poured out in this fashion. But this was not the first Pentecost. Let me tell you where the first Pentecost was. It's when Moses came down from Mount Sinai. I want to prove it to you. Pentecost, what does Pentecost mean? What's the number related to Pentecost? 50. Now, <clears throat> through 50, 50 is, is, is Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks, and we won't get into all the ceremonial things of every little thing. But turn with me to Exodus chapter number 12. Somebody say Pentecost. Now, when you think of the Acts... Now, 50 was the 50th day, the day of Pentecost. If you go back 50 days from the Acts chapter number 1 and chapter number 2, what did that take you back to 50 days prior? 
Passover, which was death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, 50 days was the day of Pentecost after Jesus died on the cross. And he rose again. Exodus chapter number 12. Let's turn there. I'm not relying on my iPad tonight. I wrote handwritten notes that turkey didn't load up for me last week, so I'm rebelling against my iPad tonight. Amen. All right, Exodus chapter number 12, verse number, well, let's go to verse number, let's go, um, well, let's do a little preface. We're not going to read the whole chapter here, but chapter number 12 is the preparation for the Passover. And we find ourselves, let's pick up, let's just jump to the last, uh, verse number 5. and says, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Well, we know that the lamb is the, the, uh, the type and shadow of Jesus, right? He was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Let's jump down to verse number 11. And thus shall ye eat of it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. You shall eat of it in haste, and it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. I like how this written here. It says, I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon, uh, shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. When you, when God comes again, he's going to be looking for people that were, have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life. Okay? If you do not have the blood of Jesus applied to your life, tonight can be your night. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. God can forgive you and wash away all your sins, and God will can and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. And this day shall be unto you for a, come on, somebody say that last word right, memorial. Somebody say memorial. This is going to be a memorial. Pentecost is a celebration of what God gave the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. It is a memorial, a day for them to remember of the death, burial, and the resurrection, or the, a day uh, of the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, is a, it's more than a memorial, but it is a, a type and shadow of what happened in Exodus chapter number, or started in Acts, uh, Exodus chapter number 12. And this day shall be unto you a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, and you shall keep it a feast by an ordinance. How long? That sounds pretty good. Verse number 18. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month at even, you shall eat unleavened bread until the one in the 20th day of the month at even. Seven days shall be uh, shall there be no leaven found in your houses? For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leavened, and all your habitations shall ye eat unleavened bread. Verse number 18 is where I want to look at real quick. 
When there is a date or a time in Scripture, it's something to take notice. In the first month, somebody say the first month, the 14th day. The 14th day of the first month. This is when the Passover began to take place. On the 15th day is when they got out of Egypt. Somebody say they got out of Egypt. So at the first month, and the fourth, or the 14th day of the first month, on the 15th day, they left Egypt. Let's go to Exodus chapter number 19. Verse number 1. In the third month, somebody say the third month. When the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they departed, Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. We find ourselves in the third month. So let's say in the third month we've had 30 days uh, plus 15 and now we're in the third month, so we are at 45 days. Let me say 45 days. 45 days. And on the 46th day, we find ourselves, they, are, um, they had arrived at Sinai. And then we, on the next day, God began to call unto Moses. And then on the 47th day, Moses went up the mountain. You can find this more in Scripture. 47th day, and how many times did Moses go up that, down that mountain? We know a total of eight days. But on the third time, he went up that mountain, and he came down off that mountain, which brings us to Exodus chapter number 20. On the day or the 50th day of the, after the Passover, the 50th day of uh, of, of the Passover or the exodus from Egypt. And before the 50th day, we find that God reveals to them the laws that they should delight in. This began a relationship with the people. The Bible teaches us, let's go to Exodus 20 um, and verse number 18. And this is after Moses has spoken to them. He did not have tablets at this point. Everybody thinks he went up there and got tablets, came right back down, got mad, broke them, went back up the mountain, and the Lord, which is very interesting. I, got to, I never noticed this in Scripture. I noticed this today. Did you know that the Lord gave Moses the tablets and made the tablets and gave the tablets already set to, to Moses? But the second time Moses went up that mountain, the God told uh, Moses, since you broke him, you need to hew the stone out of the rock, and then I will write on those tablets. So the first time, God supplied it all, but because Moses got mad, he said, now you pull him out of the rock, and then I'll write him on there. I thought that was pretty interesting. Be careful where he, <laughs> don't get angry at God. <laughs> don't get angry at God. He made Moses work for 40 days up there trying to get that rock out of there for those tablets, tablets of stone. All right, so verse number 18, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when they saw it, they removed and stood afar off. 
And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. It sounds a lot like, if you could just, just this is my parallel, if you will, with Acts, is that they, Moses went to an upper place, got a word from God, got a revelation from God, and came down into the streets to the people, came down to the place where the people were, and began to preach what he just had from the Lord. It was a Pentecost experience, if you will, in a type that Moses had heard from God, that he had spoken with God, he had been with God, and he brings revelation directly from God. The people were in fear. The people were, in, were moved. They, the people saw it, and they were removed. They stood afar off, and they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your, fan, or your faces. I was going to say fancies. That's not it. Faces. That ye sin not. Somebody say, you sin not. God's law will help you. That's why we should delight in the law, because it keeps us from sinning. If we learn to live with the law and love the law and, and meditate on it and understand it and believe it and hold it dear, it helps us in our flesh, if you will. It helps us with our, 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 uh, that constant war of the flesh and the spirit. Well, it's the law of God when it comes to the book of Acts, the law of God, which is also found in the Ten Commandments, number, uh, the number four, which we'll get into. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That was the refreshing. That was the Holy Ghost. That was the God's gift to, God, God's gift to his, his people. He says, he says I'm going to give you these laws that you sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. And he went back up the mountain. The Bible says, or if you do a little bit of history, Mount Sinai was about 7,000 feet. And uh, you can actually take two different trails up Mount Sinai right now. It'll take you between an hour and a half to three hours to get up Mount Sinai. And so he was up and down, uh, go up and then come back down the next day. And he would go speak with the Lord and the Lord would speak with him. But it's very interesting that on that 50th day, Moses gave the people a revelation that would revolutionize their life, that would keep them in a heart after God. He says, we got to love this. I have been with God, and I understand what the Lord's trying to say, and he's here to help you. He's here to help you. Some, he's like, some of you think that, that living in Egypt is, is still okay, but I'm here to tell you that this law will help you keep, stay out of Egypt. It, it, these laws that help you from, from going back to that darkness of this world. It, it, it's you, it will order your steps. It will bring foundation to your life. It will bring strength into your life. It will bring joy into your life. Many people think that the Ten Commandments is restrictions. That it's, it's something that is to keep us from having a good time. But in reality, it brings joy in your life. It brings protection in your life. It brings peace in your life. It, uh, it brings, uh, like I said at the very beginning, that things will begin to follow you if you follow the Lord 
Lord's law and his statutes and his word. Blessings will follow you. Mercy will follow you. Goodness will start following you if you delight and keep the commandments and the laws of God. What happens when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, when God begins to pour out his spirit, and we have that Pentecost experience, go from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that Pentecost experience, it's what gives us joy, it gives us strength, it gives us uh, it, it brings us a sense of, uh, of, of power that the Lord puts upon us. He, he gives us wisdom. He, he downloads things that uh, we could never comprehend. We receive revelations from God. Um, it's worrisome to me as a pastor that people will walk with God, or at least they say they'll walk with God, and they speak on behalf of God, but they never pray in the Spirit. It's a problem for me. Um, I've actually asked people who are looking to date other people and ask that person before they really enter into a serious relationship, ask that person when was the last time that they were speaking in other tongues and God renewed them in the Holy Ghost. That's an important question, y'all. Because if they haven't been with God... And it's been a long time since they've been with God. Then you got to be careful who you're associating with, who you are binding up together with, or you are coming together. Now you say, Pastor, that's a hard question to ask somebody, but it's an important question to ask. It shouldn't be a hard question. It's a question that we need to ask. When's the last time that you sought God and God began to speak to you in that heavenly, heavenly language? Um. So, this Ten Commandments is more than just ten laws on a page, ten laws in three different chapters of the Bible. It's more than just, you know, things that we think that are good to just adhere by. The Bible teaches us we need to fall in love with them. Somebody say, fall in love. We need to fall in love with the things that we're going to be talking about here. Fall in love with his statutes. Fall in love with his spoken word. Fall in love with the power of Pentecost, which is a law of God. went longer than I thought. I'm not going to get through the first commandment again like I didn't get through last week hold you too long here tonight. We'll just go till 9, maybe 9.30, and so we can get through some of these. But the more I study, the more it's beautiful to understand the laws, laws of God. First commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, again, we need to love this. Somebody say love it. It's a choice to love. It's, not, it, it's a choice to fall in love with these commandments and these things. And we're going to talk about the spirit of these commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Um, let me go from here. Let me ask you a question. I want to get some feedback out of you. Um, 
and I think we, we hit on this a little bit last week, so I, I want to kind of refresh this a little bit. But what are some gods or things that we can put before God? Big G, God, but put before God. People. Recreation. Money. Yourself. We talked about selfishness, didn't we? Anything. Everything. So here's what I want you to do. Is I, um, I want you to look inside your life. Is there anything that comes before your prayer time? Is there anything that comes before your time with the Lord? Is there anything that comes before being in the house of God? I, <clears throat> um, it's amazing to me, and I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just kind of be, be, trying to be kind here. But it's amazing how many times a headache keeps us from the house of God. But we'll go to work with that same headache because you get paid. But the greatest gift and the greatest thing you could get is being in the house of God because God can heal you of that headache. It's amazing how uh, people will put things, and I'm not talking about the house of God necessarily is, is, uh, is the only thing. I'm talking about your walk with God as well. You know, I had uh, a conversation uh, a long time ago, and um, there was th- this person was like, I don't have time to pray 30 minutes or an hour a day like y'all, y'all. I don't have time to read the Bible. I have time to do this. I, I, I don't have that. I just don't have the time. So you can do what you feel like you need to do, but I just don't have the time. Be careful what you say. You do have the time. It's just your priorities dictate your time. You do have time. Just go to bed early and wake up earlier. Or spend some time in prayer throughout the day or in the mornings probably is the best time to give that. That's your best you can give to the Lord is your first fruits or the first part of your day. I won't ask you to raise your hand for all the people that get up early or the first thing you do is give your time to the Lord. I think it's important. Facebook should not be the first thing you open up in the morning. Now, I know there are people in this room that roll out of bed in the morning. The first thing you do is hit the, the, the little blue F right there on your phone. Or the Twitter, a little bird, or, or check the news. Many people, well, the first thing they do is turn the TV on. And then all of a sudden, the rest, your first few moments of your day are robbed. Right? You rob yourself of that moment and that time with the Lord. It's, um, it, it's very tempting to fall prey to that, but it's, uh, you know, Jacob's not here tonight. And Jacob uh, came to me last week. You've got to be careful what you tell the pastor. Jacob came to me last week. He said, he said Pastor, I'm looking. Um, he's, he was working on the back of a, um, a raised trash truck. I felt sorry for, sorry for the guy. His dad works, uh, stepdad works at Ray's, and, and um, he was working on the back of a trash truck, and and I don't know if you saw a few weeks ago, but he was coming in with no shoes on. Let me see him, Jacob, walk around barefoot in here. And I say, Jacob, where's your shoes? Like, dude, you know, no shoes, no service. You know, we should put a sign. And I said, I said, uh, I said, where's your shoes? He said, well, 
I knew I needed to be at church. And I was working today on the trash truck, and, and I'm new on the job, and, and they had these dumpsters, and we're doing dumpsters, and, and he said, I, I was in the wrong place, and that dumpster had liquid in that dumpster, and he said, it filled my shoes, and it filled my boots, and I didn't want to come into church with nasty, smelly boots, so I just wanted to come in barefoot. Some of us will look at him and say, what a disgrace, he should be having shoes on, but that boy got filled with junk, and he still came to the house of the Lord. What stops us sometimes, and some of us are in, instantly put in the seat of the scornful, saying, you should West do this, this, this before you come into the house of God. But guess what he learned? I said, Jacob, I would say, no, here's what you need to do, is put an extra pair of shoes in your car before you come to church. Then he came to me, and that was not even the story I wanted to share, but I, I was setting this up. Then he came to me last week. He said, Pastor, he said, I, this job, I can't do this job anymore. He said, it's just wearing on me. He said, I'm starting to look for another job. And he said, I, I, you know, I need to learn some discipline in my life. And I said, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. I said, so here's what I want you to do. He said, what's that? I said, I want you to do a prepare a 20-minute Bible study for me, and you're going to teach me about discipline through the Word of God. And he said, what? I said, yeah. I said, you're going to go through the word of God, and you're going to teach me a Bible study on how to be disciplined. He kind of looked at me, and he walked out of the office. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Get back in here. I said, uh, I said two weeks, 20 minutes. We're going to sit down, and you're going to teach me. how to." And it's, it's not about him teaching me. It's about him studying the word getting knowledge of the Word of God, and then sharing what he learned of the Word of God. Discipline when it comes to the things of God. Giving him our first fruits. Giving him uh, uh, what he deserves. Um, I think that thou shalt have no other gods before me is, is more than just really even coming to church. It's about living a life that is consecrated Unto him. Somebody say amen. Now, commandment number one is very similar to commandment number two. And some of these I'm going to go through a little bit quicker than the others. And I think I have about two weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks on number three and number four. So I might as well get through one and two. And then we will, you know, tackle um, three and four. And I do not want this series to go to the beginning of the year, so we, we need to move on just a little bit through some of these. Verse number four, thou shalt not make unto thee, you to get that right there, understand what that says, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the sea. I think he covered just about everything right there. He didn't want to leave any excuses out of us. Yeah, I don't care. You don't make unto thee any graven image or likeness of anything that's in the heaven, that's in the earth beneath, or that's in the water under the earth, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, 
nor serve them. Somebody say, serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So I want to ask you again, what is something that you can make out of your life that would be considered a graven image or likeness of anything? Job? Yourself? I like that. Buddy? Selfies? <laughs> Pursuit of things? Children of Israel do just a little bit further in Scripture. They made a what? Made an image. How quickly we go from Moses comes off that, he delivers the Ten Commandments, and the people are all in fear of God. You know, we, you talk to us, Moses, don't. Don't let God talk to us because we fear him. We, un, we see something we have never seen before. You know, just 50 days ago, we were in Egypt. And how we got out of there, it's crazy. And I, God did this incredible thing. And, 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 and all these things, he brought us out of Egypt. We went through the sea. And, and they were fickle through all that. And then God gives them a commandment that says, Do not make any graven images. And guess what they did? They made a graven image. How quickly we as people hear the voice of God and are quickly to turn to the first thing when we don't hear from God. We feel as though that God's not hearing us. God's not. Moses says, where's Moses? Where's, where's he at? Why isn't he come off that mountain? I guess we should make a graven image. And the Bible says don't do that. And they did it anyway. That's why it's important to fall in love with these. Let there be, uh, ha have them on the frontlets of our eyes and have them in our garments, have them in our home, live the life, fall in love with these things. Because if you, if you don't fall in love with them, you will do exactly opposite of what the laws of God are. What else? What is also something else of a graven? Image. Make unto thee. That's what we do. We make something that makes us happy. It fills our desires. It um, fills our ego. It fills our wallet, maybe. It fill, fills our longings. It fills the lusts. Of our life. It fills the, uh, the empty pit. When God doesn't answer, we begin to knock on the door of somebody else that we really shouldn't be talking to. Instead of going to somebody that is living a life unto the Lord, we begin to create scenarios that we try to fix it for God. 
right, to plan our life for God. And like I said, sometimes Sunday we need just to hold our peace and let the Lord fight our battles for us. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. What you make, you better be careful what you bow to, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. I find this very interesting, the third and fourth generation. Parents, it's very important um, to teach your children right now the importance of living for the Lord to fall in love with God. Because I find that my, let me just say it this way, my wife and I are a very good pair. And not because she's smarter than me and I'm dumb, not because she's the best looking and I'm just an average guy, not because of just, because here's, here's the thing that why God put us together. And I, I thank God to this day is that she's a first generation apostolic and I'm four generation. That's, that's the most important thing I know why God put us together. You know why it's important? I needed that zeal in our home for God. Because everything, I've been around Pentecost all my life. I grew up on the pew. I grew up, on the pew. I grew up sleeping under the pew. I grew up watching people dance. I grew up watching people shout. Oh, yep, somebody's getting baptized today. I lost my victory watching people be baptized. I, I got casual living for the Lord. I fell out of love with the laws of God because it was ordinary to me. Oh, Dad's preaching on this again. Hope he gets so-and-so. Dad, this person's acting up. You know, I was the guy. You know, I could be that person. You know, I could, you know, I'm the preacher's kid. I can walk around and boss everybody around if, boss everybody around if I want to. What's, what are you going to do? My dad's the pastor. You know, I, you, you, we've, I fell into a place of apathy in the kingdom of God. I loved the church. I loved the people. I loved all the outings. I loved all the things. But I lost my fervency for the love of God. And when I came to know Teresa, she re rebirthed into me what it means to really fall in love with Jesus. Because I began to hear her testimony that how uh, that her family was on drugs and her family is alcohol in the home and her family had all these uh, addictive tendencies in their in their life and I found that that she she fell in love with the Lord and God filled her with the presence His presence and she spoke in tongues and God she was baptized in Jesus name and and she went home to tell her mom and dad about this wonderful thing that happened to her and then they looked at her and said you're in a cult and you're never going back to that church again. Now, many young people would say, well, I guess I can't get a ride. and Mom and dad's not going to take me. I don't have a driver's license. But what she did, something very, very important that perhaps I wouldn't have done, and, and who is a refresher to me, that she closed her door to her bedroom, opened up her Bible, put in a cassette tape. Yeah, we're old. Put a cassette tape in and, and some good old gospel music. And she began to pray and study the word in that surrounding of drugs and alcohol. All those things that are in her life. And then they said, you can pick one service to go to. And that's all you can go. You can pick one service a week you go to. 
And so she picked Sunday morning or a Sunday night service. And she would get as much as she could out of that service. And that was kind of the, the thing that pushed her through the week. And she was looking forward to that next Sunday. She was craving to be in the house of God. And she was raised with that mentality in the house. I had to fall in love with God and fall in love with the house of God. So when I met her, I'm like, there's this love for God and the things of God I, that I felt casual in. That's the greatest gift that God had given me, a renewal of the importance of falling in love with Jesus no matter the circumstances, no matter the cost, no matter what's going on. And I find it's very interesting that little Bree, my niece, is in the very same room in that house, falling in love with Jesus about the same age. I told Bree two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I said, Bree, Aunt Teresa would kneel next to this bed and begin to call upon the name of the Lord. She would read her Bible in this room. And this is where her walk with God began to become have a foundation. And I said, just as Aunt Teresa did it, you can do it too. I said, you can do it too. And she said, I, I think I can do this. I said, yes, you can do it. And with God, all things are possible. People may poke fun at you. People may act goofy to you. People may say things, but who cares what people think? It's what thus saith the word of the Lord. Fall in love with the statutes and the laws of God. Don't make any graven images. Don't have any of the gods before him. Dedicate your walk with God. And she is not perfect. God, she has a desire right now to love God. In the midst of Tough times. That's what, what Teresa, she reinvigorated me at that 18, 19 years of age when I first met her, that she had a zeal for the things of God. It's because she was a new convert, somebody who loved God and the things of God. And the things that I had pushed aside and I didn't get excited about much anymore. She had that excitement. And I was like, well, I've had these things, and I don't want the generations after me to fall prey to apathy when it comes to the things of God. What happens is when we start bowing down to graven images, begin to bow down to and, 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 and be um, live a life in vain, which is the third commandment, which we'll get into next week. Live that life in vain, saying you're somebody, but you're really not. Not just saying the Lord's name in vain. It's it's saying I'm I'm a I'm I'm a follower of Jesus, but you don't live anything like Jesus. That is living in vain. And uh, and, and when you live that way, I, and, and and you say those things, and you and you say you build those graven images of this world, and 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 you don't serve the Lord, but you serve the things of this world. The Lord is a jealous God, and He doesn't want you. He wants you to fall in love with Him, fall in love with His Word, and fall in love with His. Statutes and laws. They say Pentecost. The revelation of freedom. The revelation of power. The Bible says in Exodus 20, verse number 1. Verse number 1. God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out. Of the land of bondage, the land of Egypt, 
out of the house of bondage. I can never, I don't ever want to get over being thankful for who he is. I don't want to ever get over seeing somebody go down in the name of Jesus. I think we need to, if, if you don't get excited about somebody being baptized and you find yourself quickly going thinking about something else and just like, well, that's, that was good, you need to check your heart. I say you need to check your heart. Watching somebody go down in the name of Jesus, what that should do to you is put you back in that same place where you were dead in your sins, but God reached down into your life and began to wash away the very stains of your life. Very bondages that you were carrying. Somebody say amen. Next week we're going to get into verse number 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And then we'll spend quite some time on verse number 8 um, through um, through 11. Um, I want this church to fall in love with the glory of God. And fall in love with his word, fall in love with his, his presence. Um, so I pray that when you get up in the morning, spend, if you have not prayed in the morning, or if you have not talked to the Lord in the morning, or maybe you're just an intermittent prayer person where you just pray every other day or every two or three, two or three days, or maybe you just pray for two or three minutes. I, I ask that you just push yourself and just pray a little bit more and a little bit more. Read a little bit more. Understand a little bit more. If you have questions, I'll be happy to sit down with you and talk through those questions of the Word of God. We have men and women in this church that would be happy to, to talk to you and build that relationship with God. Fall in love with growing in the Lord. Amen. Fall in love with growing in God. Let's stand together. Amen. You would not be here tonight if you didn't fall, if you didn't have some sense of growing, wanting to grow in God. I really hope that you didn't come just because that's what we do. I hope you came tonight because you wanted to grow in the Lord. And um, what the Ten Commandments are is the first revelation of Pentecost, the first revelation of the Feast of Weeks, the revelation of the, after the Passover, what the Lord had given them. It helped them to abstain from sin, falling prey to the things if they kept his thoughts, statutes, kept his laws. And there is a thing called the Holy Ghost that keeps us. It edifies us, it sanctifies us, and it keeps us close to him. Amen. Let's pray together right now and ask this word to soak deep in our hearts. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.